0: Hello everybody, you're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 35, the best sports teams starting with the letter A. Hello everybody and welcome to The Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joined as always With eddie and sam well today is a big day for me it is the nfl draft round one i'm a big fan of the draft i will dedicate all of my day or afternoon now watching the whole first round even though you pretty much know what every pick's gonna be at least the first few but i think this is a good year that do you you? what i mean i think you know what the well i would say you know what the first two are and that's at least 45 minutes though you know like the whole lead up and it's like they do all of this stuff for trevor lawrence that you knew was going to be number one six months ago like the first hour of the draft
1: sure but i i mean i think i know what the first two picks are going to be and i think i know very little after that about what mm-hmm. order i know who
2: the first say 10 to 15 players that are going to go are yeah you don't know exactly where i you, guess yeah you're right but when do you when do you stop caring in the draft when is there a point where you're like mm, this me kind of like pick four end of end of third <laughs> round
0: I think like the first three rounds are legitimately good players after that you're just going to get lucky with a pick if he ends up being good it's not as if there's at that point it's a crapshoot and you don't know so you're watching until the season picks. picks or so. okay
2: yeah it's yeah
0: but today's like. only round one but I do think out of all the teams that we support each of us being a supporter of a major NFL team, including the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> it's it's a pretty good draft for each one of those teams in kind of figuring out who they're going to pick in the first round. So I don't think it's really worth going through who we think everyone's going to pick because it's going to happen in a few hours anyway. So it'll be after the fact. But Let me start with you, Sam. What do you want the Bengals to do with their first round pick? What do you want to see?
2: Yeah, it's. I I mean, obviously, it was good that the Bengals picked first last time, so they've they've got that franchise quarterback, don't have to worry about that anymore. But the key question for the Bengals is going to be, do they protect him or do they give him a weapon to work with next season? And, um, so you've got this offensive tackle, what's it called? Penn Sewell or something like that. Um, and then you've got his old, um, what is it Jamar chase? Uh, you've got his old kind LSU. of LSU. Um, yeah. Kind of reuniting him at LSU. So you've got some interesting things and it seemed to be, they were going for the wide receiver. Now it seems to be that the Bengals are talking more for this offensive tackle, but What's interesting, again, is that the, um, the Bengals have signed a load of defensive players on free agents. They've spent an absolute ton of money getting a couple of cornerbacks, a defensive tackle. So you feel like they're going to have to appease Burrows somewhat. You know, they've just spent all this on the defense side of things. What about the offense? If it was me, I'd take the offensive tackle. I think you've got to protect him versus, you know, let the franchise quarterback do what he does and throw it to the receivers he's got but he's not going to be able to do any of that if he's not protected. So I think the Bengals will go for the offensive tackle. Um, Yeah, I I think they'll probably lose out on Jamal Chase, but um, they'll definitely pick up wide receivers later down. Uh, But I think they'll go for the offensive tackle, first pick.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how after you saw what happened last year to burrow that you don't go to for
1: the protection especially too right because the argument a lot of people might listen to that and think oh it's just because he got injured it's not just because he got injured it looked like every game he was going to get injured they just couldn't protect him at all it's not just oh our franchise quarterback got hurt we need to protect him it's like he he looked like the line was
2: getting steamrolled every game every
1: single game even against teams that with no real pass rush
0: yeah and and it seems that this year the draft is deeper in wide receivers than O tackles anyway so the the consensus is the drop off from that pick at O tackle versus second round is a much sharper drop off than a wide receiver at that pick versus a wide receiver at the second round
2: and there was also rumors that the Falcons were going to draft up to get a higher wide receiver so logically if they did Gamble go up for Chase and the bengals gambled on chase then they could lose both so i think they'll just pick with the safe knowing that the top four picks will be quarterbacks their fifth pick will be whatever they want it to be so yeah i I think you take you take the offensive tackle yeah i mean and the giants are in a similar situation i mean they're
0: either going to go defense or go wide receiver as well and of course everyone wants them to push the wide receiver but i i don't I'm not a big fan of high picks in the wide receiver or running back, and that's coming from a guy who team drafted Saquon Barkley, <laughs> number two overall. But I, there, there, there's so many good receivers, and it can still be such a crapshoot that I think you need to get the talent into positions where the, where there isn't always talent. And I think obviously edge rusher is one of them. Every team, like you look at the teams that win. Super Bowls now, a lot of times they have at least a good edge rusher. I mean, look at the Bucs, what they did to the Chiefs. I mean, that's one of the main reasons they won. They were able to get to Mahomes. So I think either getting a good edge rusher or a good outside linebacker that can rush and can cover tight ends and running backs, which is obviously like the new facet of the game is is going to your tight ends and your running backs. So for me, I'd like them to go Mika Parsons uh, from Penn State or the edge rusher. uh, There's like two decent edge edge rushers up there that should be available. The kid from Michigan. uh, And then there's another kid that's pretty good. So I'd like to see that over the draft of the receiver. I mean, I know Waddle is great and he could be amazing or Devonta Smith, whatever, which one falls to that spot. But I think I'd rather them see defense because their defense always sucks. I'm so tired of it sucking. So I'd like a generational chance at like a player like Parsons who could be really good. But I'm sure they'll draft a receiver. Or actually, knowing Gettleman, I'm sure they'll draft another offensive
1: tackle that sucks. So, Well, the other thing, too, about why they may not need a wide receiver, right, is because they've added wide receivers through free agency. Yeah, so they got Galladay. They, they kind of addressed that need already, so you'd hope that you wouldn't go for it twice. I do agree with you that it does seem like more of a crapshoot when you're, when you're drafting receivers. It, to me, if you're not drafting Kyle Pitts, who I know he's a tight end, but fundamentally you just need to treat him as as a receiver in the way that he plays if you're not taking kyle pitts then every other pick comes with a real element of risk kyle pitts seems like a can't can't miss prospect so i could get it if a team feels like that's the offensive weapon they're going to add everything else you may as well roll the dice on a receiver in the second third fourth round and there's every chance they turn out to be just as good
2: yeah yeah i agree don't don't overcomplicate it right yeah one of their
0: best picks I mean, one of the best receivers from last year was Darius Slayton and he was a fifth round pick, you know, he was, no one thought he was going to be that great. And, and that's the thing with receivers. I mean, I think there's a lot of receivers out there that if they just get the chance to fill in in a certain spot, they're going to be good. You know, they just need that opportunity. Whereas other positions like an outside linebacker, there's not a thousand offense outside linebackers that can fill in and, and cover and rush and do all that. So, but I guess the big question in the draft is around the 49ers. And who are they going to take at QB? Yeah,
1: I think I've changed my mind as to who I want them to take probably almost as much as Kyle Shanahan has. Um, And I know we spoke in an earlier episode about the fact that I didn't believe they would have moved up unless they knew who they wanted. And I think it's clear that they moved up wanting Mac Jones. Um, But it's also become clear that I don't think they knew who they wanted. Strongly, especially when you then throw in that they made some kind of inquiry about Aaron Rodgers. So Mm. clearly they they're not seeing that number three pick as a can't miss franchise quarterback, because if that had been the case, they wouldn't have entertained the idea of throwing that pick in for Aaron Rodgers. Um, And there's so many rumors circulating. you got the Aaron Rodgers rumor. You have the rumor that the Patriots are trying to restructure Jimmy Garoppolo's contract so that they can take him back via trade. Uh, And the thing is, I guess that in some respects, that Garoppolo move to the Patriots wouldn't have that much impact on who they take. But in a sense, it does, because I'm hoping at this point, and I think they're going to take Trey Lance. And then the logic there is that Garoppolo stays in a kind of Kansas City, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes scenario. Garoppolo is going to play one more season and Trey Lance gets to learn underneath him. Is it this just what I you said
0: three episodes ago, and you yelled at me that said, "Dude, no way they would take Lance and not start him."
1: <laughs> I well, no. What I mean by that is, I don't think that I don't think that Trey Lance is going to sit the whole season. But obviously, when you make the Trey Lance pick, I think you are you are looking at three, four, five weeks of him as the backup, and you have to win in those four or five weeks.
0: Yeah, that because, I mean that's the big thing, right? If Garoppolo yeah. goes out and does well, then there's no. There's no pressure to put Lance in right away, yeah. and you can even almost maybe ride out a full season. Because, I, I mean, the Alex Smith-Mahomes, if I remember correctly, Alex Smith brought them to
1: the championship the th- game championship that year? Championship game, yeah. The, only game he, yeah. the only game Mahomes played was Week 17 when it was yeah. a meaningless game. But So that's a great scenario for the Niners. <laughs> and they're a Super Bowl contender in terms of their team, right? It's not... You don't have the luxury of punting the season to develop a quarterback. Like, you have the... The team around the quarterback necessary to compete for the super bowl so it would be a a real waste to use it just as a learning experience for a young quarterback so if garoppolo was if suddenly news were to break that garoppolo has been traded before the draft i would be concerned that that definitely means they're taking mac jones because it feels like shanahan the temptation for him to take mac jones is that he's the on the field leader on the field play caller general that he likes that he's reliable, consistent, maybe not as explosive or as dangerous as some of the other quarterbacks in the draft, but that he won't make mistakes and that he can lead from the quarterback position. I really so, don't hope that they take Mac Jones. I really, really So who don't do you want? Him. Who do you want, Eddie? Honestly, yeah. if if it were my pick, I'd take Justin Fields. That would be my Oof. pick. But if I I get the Trey Lance, I understand the idea that so many people working with Trey Lance or analyzing his game think he might even turn out to be the best quarterback in this draft, but in the very least, the second best. And so I think it's worth the risk because if it goes wrong, you know that you took a like the, the bet was a smart one. Whereas if Mac Jones just turns into a, if he just turns into Andy Dalton, no one's going to turn around and go, no, we didn't see it coming you know it makes sense that you took him out three overall because the other scenario is like if mac jones and we discussed this before too if the niners don't take mac jones he's probably going like 15th
0: so he might he might he might drop out of the first round yeah
1: so if i were the niners I, there's a scenario here where they could try and get two because like take <laughs> take justin fields or take trey lance with the third pick and then maybe contemplate trading back up into the back end of the first round or the top of the second round to take mac jones like, you know, and then trade Jimmy Garoppolo and then have two young quarterbacks and see which <laughs> yeah. one is better. But, but like, I don't, I really, I'll be disappointed if they take Mac Jones. But I, all
2: of this is leading to you not in any way agreeing with the Rogers speculation, because it sounds like they're giving away a lot, like the third round, Garoppolo, other draft picks, other players. It sounds like they'll really throw the sink to get him. That
1: sounded like too much. Now, they supposedly reading the reports, they did not make a firm offer. They made an inquiry, but that they thought that they would get him. This is the news coming out the Niners Nation news is that so, hot off the press.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he has a rumored wish list, too. And so it's supposedly the Niners, the Broncos, and the Raiders are the three teams that he's rumored to want to go to.
1: Raiders is a weird one. <laughs> but but, uh, but especially yeah,
0: but, him he doesn't seem like a like a no, Vegas guy no not, not at all neither does this neither does this boring fiance
1: <laughs> but uh but yeah look uh, i mean uh, the niners with aaron rodgers do probably become nfc favorites instantly probably but i still i just think you're you're giving up so much to get a quarterback in who's going to give you another 5 years of elite play and you were supposed to be giving up less to try and get a quarterback. Who's going to give you 10 years of elite play. And by that, I mean like five years of getting to the elite level and then another 10 years of maintaining it. So yeah,
0: it doesn't, but you have, have, have but you have five years of proven that you'll know he'll be at an elite level versus hoping you get 10 years and you could instead just get a bust and get zero. But
1: you've also got proven that he's kind of an asshole. That's the other issue. It's like, He's not done well at getting along with his teammates. And so you're throwing in that other element there that you bring him into a locker room that clearly they really like each other and everyone gets along. Mm-hmm. And now you're throwing the superstar quarterback in who maybe doesn't fit. And then suddenly you're like Green Bay who can tolerate Aaron Rodgers being an asshole because he's like their asshole. But if you inherit the, inherit the asshole, it's a little bit difficult to to, to deal with that. Is that is that a quote? No one wants to inherit the asshole. No one wants to, <laughs> ever. But but yeah, so fingers crossed. It will be interesting. Obviously, I'm staying awake to see it. I, I will stop after the third pick. I've gotten like after that I can wake up tomorrow morning and see what the remaining picks are. You but, don't want to see an offensive tackle get drafted fifth. <laughs> well, especially because I'm cer- I'm pretty certain who the fourth pick's gonna be. And mm-hmm. I think Pitts will go fourth. So then yeah. you you're you're kinda like, Well now I'm waiting to see the fifth pick to see the next potential surprise and uh, yeah. i it, it, the only interest to me is how are these where are these three quarterbacks going to go how far if yeah. they don't take fields how far is fields going to fall obviously it seems like the patriots are really high on fields Are they going to trade up to get him and then trey lance if he doesn't get picked right where does he go and mac jones if he doesn't go three how far does he go um, i mean it's interesting right because aaron Rodgers <laughs> went through a similar experience and aaron Rodgers didn't get picked in the uh, like alex smith scenario Niners opt for Alex Smith and then Aaron Rodgers plummets down the draft and another quarterback might be about to experience exactly that same scenario.
0: Yeah. So, so Bleacher Report put out a uh, little like scouting grade and stuff for the quarterbacks and they do player comparisons. So Trevor Lawrence, his comparison is a supercharged Matt Ryan. I think if you think, Trevor Lawrence is going to be that great the next generation QB. That seems a little weak of a comparison, but I guess the supercharged part means he can he has good maneuverability.
1: Supercharged Matt Ryan from 5 years ago would be pretty amazing. I guess. Supercharged yeah. Matt Ryan now. I mean Matt Ryan's still a very good quarterback. Supercharged now maybe not, but is supercharged Matt Ryan now just what he was 5 years ago? yeah he is what he is five years ago and then supercharged matt ryan five years ago is the best quarterback in the league because he i mean he maybe was anyway
0: but so justin fields player comparison is dak prescott with both feet pointing in the same direction or pre yeah pre-injury and this is uh he's also right second (laughs) He's also ranked second out of their QBs overall. So they have him higher. Um, They even have... Next, they have Trey Lance over uh, Zach Wilson. And his player comparison
1: is Donovan McNabb. Now, we got the NFL draft, but um, interesting news for a complete change of pace here. Interesting news coming out of the golf world, which I don't know if uh, either of you saw. Don't know how much you've been following the rumors surrounding the PGA Tour. But... uh, There's a golf week report which said that the PGA is starting a new initiative called the player impact program. And from that, there is a $40 million prize fund that will be available for the 10 players who have the highest impact score over the course of the season, which is an amalgam of metrics. Those metrics are their FedEx cup year end rank. Their Google search popularity, their oh. Nielsen brand exposure, their Q rating, their MVP index, and their Meltwater mentions. So, really, it's about swagger. It's a combination of perform. It's a combination of performance and like social media presence, basically. I hate it's, it. it.
0: It's a it's a great <laughs> move by them because it's encouraging them to go out and be more into social media and trying to attract more people to golf. And then if you do so, they'll reward the top few players with more money. But everyone else is still just out there trying to, you know, get more people involved in a game of golf.
2: But I swear that half of those features, you don't even have to play that much golf as long as you get a load of
1: followers. Well, Sam, we (laughs) can put this to the test because I have, if these same metrics had been applied to the 2019 season,
2: Okay, now, yeah, yeah. Using it.
1: 2019, because obviously that was a complete year, using 2020 is a little bit complicated. But using 2019, who do you think would have been number one in these rankings?
2: McElroy. That's... Incorrect, Sam. Now, Spieth wasn't that good then, or oh, the light was still on the down. I'd say someone, maybe like Ricky Fowler or something like that.
1: Incorrect. It's amazing <laughs> that we're talking about a ranking that includes popularity and search terms, and neither one of you thought of Tiger Woods for like the, the number one. No, I, I, thought I it just was didn't too obvious. want to. I thought it was yeah, too obvious. Yeah, I didn't want to. Okay. So
2: Tiger Woods would have won the, the forty million. Is it kind of when it? No, takes no, 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 no. The total prize fund is. Oh, okay. Amazing.
1: And it doesn't actually say if each one of the ten players gets four million or if it's a graded scale. It doesn't actually say that in the report. It's four, It's forty million for ten players. I thought it was obvious because I thought is isn't that the point Sam's making? Well, so so if you look at two th- so if you look at two thousand and nineteen, Tiger Woods had two wins, one of which he won was the a Masters. Ma- he won the it? Masters. So mm-hmm. you could argue that even on on the course performance isn't out of line with getting additional financial benefits. Now, number two, it would have been Rory McIlroy, who won three times in 2019. Number three would have been Brooks Kepka, who won three times with one major. Number DeChambeau. four does not feature on the list. It's wow. 2019, you have to remember. This is pre-bulking up. So, oh, he's disqualified because he's an asshole. <laughs> four would have been Phil Mickelson, who won once. And five would have been Ricky Fowler who won once. Now, the interesting thing, if you look at the list of the 10, is that two players would have been in the 10 who won no tournaments in 2019. And that was Adam Scott, who would have been 10th, and Jordan Spieth,
2: who would have been 6th. Hmm. See, that's the problem, isn't it? Like the idea of the FedEx Cup was to collate golf performance, golf points into this kind of like super... You still have the FedEx Cup available, which is a huge But 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 they're just kind of then putting another layer on top of it. And then I guess what they would say is
1: if you're a golfer and you think that you like raise the profile of the game and that people come to tournaments to watch you, at the moment, obviously, you'd have your sponsorship deals and stuff that you negotiate independently. But the tour itself doesn't reward you for being someone who gets them more money. So Tiger Woods, for example, knows when he turns up to a tournament they're going to sell more tickets. More people are going to watch it. It doesn't matter whether he doesn't even make the cut. So he might make no money from that appearance. But now, I mean, I also, we have to acknowledge the fact that players will get paid to attend specific tournaments. Like if it's not a major or something, if you're running the, you know, Zurich Invitational or whatever, you might pay Tiger Woods $2 million just to, to pitch up because you want Tiger Woods there because you know that benefit. But it, It does seem, I do kind of get where the concept is coming from, which is kind of like trying to almost turn them into sort of salaried employees of the PGA Tour by saying like, look, you help us, we help you.
2: Yeah, too many of the categories seem to not really be that golf related. I think that's my that's the point. But I think that's the point. <laughs> that's I the think whole that's point, the point. But, but it just it deters from actually playing golf. Like nothing of what they do Why? on social media. You, you like can still patterns.
0: win the money if you win the tournament. You can still win the money if you win the FedEx. This is just another way for you to get money, even if you aren't the best, but you spend a significant amount of time promoting the sport, encouraging people to participate in the sport, things like that.
1: Like, look, I would agree with you if I'd come up with that list of 10 golfers and it had included some random name of a guy who's just built a great YouTube channel, but has never makes the cut. But the list of the 10, it's Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Koepka, Phil Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, Adam Scott. Those are 10 elite golfers, all of whom have won a ton of tournaments and who have been, I mean, most of them have been ranked number one at some point in their career. All of them have been ranked in the top 10, top five. So the only interesting people when you do it, look at that 2019 is that two major winners wouldn't have made the top 10, which is Shane Lowry and Gary Woodland. But neither one of them are particularly famous golfers. So you kind of get why they're not making it. <laughs> no one's going, I got to turn on the, on the open right now. Shane Lowry's on the 16th. I got to see what he does. <laughs> like, Apart from yeah. Shane Lowry's mother.
2: I just feel like all it's doing is putting more money into the hands. Like all it's telling us is good golfers have good media presence and therefore we give them more money. Like, whereas people like Gary Woodland and Shane Lowry, shouldn't they be kind of but propped they can, up with some of this money or incentivized in other ways? Shouldn't you try and incentivize like lower people to go on, uh, more capacity to go? The incentive is go and do, build your
1: social media presence, build a brand. Like this to me feels just like the PGA rewarding players for helping the game of golf to grow. Now it better be good looking people then.
0: (laughs) I think this is what other sport, uh, what other athletes and other sports are arguing for, you know, especially like college athletics, you know, that singles out where, where people are taking advantage of these athletes. And you could, I mean, you could look to other sports like the NFL too, is pretty notorious for not kicking back as much to individual players that bring in revenue from jerseys and, and other
1: types of sales, things like that. I mean, so this is, the PGA is actually ahead of the game, it looks like. Yeah, it's a little progressive. And I'm sure if this takes off, if they actually implement this, and this is a success, you are gonna have players unions in other sports push for a similar thing. You're gonna have players saying, now I know that for example, Manchester United do pay Paul Pogba 300,000 pounds a week for his image rights. So in an, in a, to a certain extent, players are getting paid for kind of similar thing, but you know that there are going to be players in, in sports and in unions in sports that say, hey, how come if I'm like Cam Newton and I definitely raise the profile of the game and people talk about me and people want to watch me and people want to see what I do and maybe I didn't win the Super Bowl, and maybe my team wasn't that good, but more people are watching me play than are watching the guy whose team is going to lose in the NFC championship game.
0: Yeah, who would have thought, Eddie? PGA Tour, progressive. Who would have thought yeah. those
1: two words would have come together? Now, admittedly, it is it is a list of 10 white men, so... Not that progressive, but... <laughs> Wait, Tiger Woods? I thought oh, I was number sorry. one. <laughs> wow, well, he's white, really. <laughs> <laughs> he went full MJ. Come on. After the car crash. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. But, okay, nine white men in Tiger Woods. It's typical golf. But... Uh, yeah, and, and look, the NFL is getting some heat, right, for that rule change over uh, jersey numbers that they implemented, and players—the fact that the players now, if they want to switch numbers, have to buy out the stock, the remaining stock in their existing number. Which, oh, really? Yeah, which has received some backlash, but to me, makes total sense because otherwise, you could kind of just screw around with your team and be like, "Oh, you just printed two hundred thousand jerseys with number seven on it. Well, I'm number eight now." Like, I could, I kind of get where. The
0: best part is it's just for this year.
1: So if they just weigh yeah. him one more year they don't have to get the charge <laughs> well it's not just for this year it's just that if you're ever going to change your number you have to do it you have to like tell them a year ahead of time so that they don't yeah, make, yeah. they don't make but yes if you're right now if you're desperate to change your numbers like just wait 12 months and you can do it for free yeah. and not pay them one and a half million dollars to buy out stock and well, they also got heat right for you have to buy it out at full recommended retail price oh well full rrp yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and and so they also said you can't even sell it to them at cost and it's like well i get it if it's a stream of revenue for them why do the why does the team have to eat that just so you can change your number i I don't get changing your number in the first place i could care less
2: it's very arbitrary and pointless right but what i find funny is do you get all of the stock delivered to your house and then you have to do something with it (laughs) yeah that's something i've not
1: heard what actually happens do they burn it do they just send it to africa with all this you know, little Africans who are wearing, uh, you know, like
2: uh, <laughs>
0: the, the losers of the national championship.
2: They can have all the old Washington Redskins ones, Gonzaga March Madness winner <laughs> yeah, jerseys. Sam,
1: you're better than that. It's Frank who says As the who says the R word on the podcast. Oh,
2: I'm not sure if I'm better. <laughs> like, I agree with the R word, but yes. That would be interesting. Just this comical UPS delivery of millions of boxes at their house would be, I guess the sentimental would thing would be to like donate to charity or like you say, give to a cause or that kind I of I mean, thing. I guess the challenge the challenge would be it's
1: very distributed, right? So it's not like they can just ship it from one warehouse because otherwise those would be that would be an additional cost. But yes, it would be interesting the to logistics. know what the... I've not actually seen what they plan to do with the jerseys if you do buy yourself out of the number.
0: It'd be really nice if you could if you had to buy them back then you could like sign them and then give them away to charity or something like that charity that's cool.
2: auctions that's a good idea or you would get someone else to do that because you, that would be a lot of jerseys yeah but then it wouldn't be your signature right so yeah, that's you get someone else to sign it for you <laughs> <laughs> defeats the purpose
1: but i guess we can change from speaking about what's about to happen or what rule changes there might be and uh, do a little bit reacting to an eventful couple of days in the Champions League where City won 2-1 away from home against PSG and uh, Inter Milan, Milan, Real Madrid and Chelsea drew one all. (laughs) Inter Milan watched it though. They
2: watched it. They enjoyed it. I heard good things out of that. I mean, one thing about that Man City game was the, dominating performance I saw at them in the Carling Cup or the Carabao Cup was clearly them not putting in that much effort to do what they did in the second half against PSG because just kind of changing that that Carabao Cup, I watched it and uh, one of you mentioned back the under on the goals when I go to see a game because it was less to do with Man City being good, but Spurs, it was one of the most ineffective performances I think I've ever seen live because... I was quite high, so you get to see the pitch, so you get to see the movement, you get to see what they're doing, <laughs> you get to see a little bit more. Spurs did. You were high up. You were tri- high up off, in the stadium. I was high you up. were tripping off yeah. your balls and just <laughs> floating <up> yeah. and, <laughs> above the pitch. I could see everything. <laughs> I was the camera on the wires, so just moving around. But I was floating. I, I, was, I was in the Spurs end, and apart from a few chance at the start for Levy out. Everyone was just gruntled at how pathetic the performance was. Man City didn't need to be good to dominate that game. Whereas Champions League, I mean, that was tale of two halves, right? PSG came out guns blazing, shock City. But that second half performance was City. I'm. It got to the point where you never write off a game in the first 45, right? But you would have said like PSG looked really good and they could have scored more in that first half. But Man City with that sending off and the way they performed, the tie should have maybe been put to bed i think point. psg will be delighted to have come away with that only losing
1: 2-1 and we spoke about it in reaction to the bayern unit game they couldn't afford to have an awful half as they had done in the first leg against Bayern against city and they kind of had it and they got away with only conceding two goals so in some respects i think they'll come out of it not feeling confident but they definitely say that they're still in the tie because they know they can score the difficulty is i don't know they're a counter-attacking team, right? And there's defensively and in midfield, they're not that good. They're, they're, they've are they got good players there, but they're not on an elite level in either of those departments. So they rely yeah. on Mbappe, Neymar, and then any combination of Di Maria or Draxler creating a sort of incredible play going forward on the counter-attack just with the pace that they have. And it's difficult to play that way when you're playing from behind now because City are just... City just control possession. I mean, that second half, they looked like they were just playing with the ball on a string and PSG were chasing shadows. I mean, it was one of the best
2: performances I've seen in a very long time for yeah. a half. To, to just change it so quickly and make PSG look so disorganized. And they actually looked like a mess. Like it was, it was crazy, but it wasn't, when you point to PSG, yeah, they looked disorganized, but it, it, it was just Man City looking so good as well it's also a bad look for pochettino and not because losing to there's no shame in losing to city and
1: there's no shame in city outclassing you and city are the better team out of the two so like you would expect if they play 10 times city you're going to win more than they lose but he didn't make a substitution until the 80th minute in a game that was clearly getting out of hand and you just kind of feel like what was he he was just standing on the touchline looking like he didn't know what to do and it's admittedly he doesn't have an incredibly strong bench like Hmm. so it's not obvious as to what the change should have been but the you know there are reasons why pochettino hasn't won anything yet right and why he's he's uh i guess he technically has now since joining psg but there i you know i you kind of saw there that pep completely outmanaged him in that you know yeah the second half adjustments from city made all the difference and from the psg side of things it was kind of like well just keep doing what you're doing and let's hope that mbappe or nabar do something
2: incredible and we're back in this game yeah that does really seem to be a plan a or bust with that club but also the commentary after bugged me it was like oh man city play really well you know psg got a tough job on their hands but pochettino knows how to do deal with comebacks like he did it against Ajax. he obviously did the um the um, the Spurs one as well against Man City where was it three two or something like that or two one I can't remember what the actual game was and they're almost making it sound like he did that intentionally like ten minutes twenty minutes before the end he was like mm, don't really know how to go into a tie winning so let's uh, yeah. let's cock this up and yeah. like yeah. that's how I, that's how I know when to do this and, and the other
1: thing that has to be mentioned I suppose is like even though City were totally dominant both of their goals were kind of lucky so you have the De Bruyne cross that floats in in the far corner. And then you have the Mara's free kick, which sneaks through the worst wall I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know what on earth the PSG were <laughs> players are doing in that wall. <laughs> like it's like just crazy. Did, it's, yeah. it
0: Did you see the picture of Neymar? Cause he was facing the wall. So like when you see the shot of him, of him taking the kick, you can see Neymar's face and his face is just so disgusted as the wall just lets the ball through it's, it's an epic picture of his face, just in total disgust.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. And so they're a little bit lucky because they didn't. Uh, the talking point, I guess, to combine the F, the League Cup, sorry, and the Champions League, and a little bit to preview a discussion we're going to have when in the future when we pick the what we think England's squad should be for the Euros. One takeaway from this, I've got two points, I guess. The first is we just we spoke after the Barcelona PSG match, uh, leg tie. You know who out of Mbappe or um, uh, Holland was going to take the kind of throne as the next best player in the world? Might it be Foden?
2: I yeah. I there was a random guy at the Wembley game I was speaking to when we were waiting to like sit down. None of this and surprises that me is, so Sam, far. Sam. That is yeah. It was and then we came out of the gents and then we had a chat about football. <laughs> but <laughs> no, 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 we, we had, uh, <laughs> we had that similar chat. We were just like, everyone knows Foden's incredible, but no one really talks about Foden. It's almost like we talk about him in the UK because obviously we see him play week in and week out. We talk about Europeans somehow as if like, oh, well, look at this, look at these players abroad and look how well they're playing. They're going to light up the euros, but we never put two and two together with like why isn't Foden better than Europeans I mean, why isn't Foden going to do this at the international stage and I completely agree with you I actually think Foden should be in that mix of the three so, of them. so we do right I don't want I don't because we're gonna have listeners tearing their hair out at the, at the thought oh I don't mean that, just that, us that, I mean that, like media and things no I like know but
1: and I don't mean us I mean the the, the thought that English football fans don't build their players up i mean we've had gone through gold, multiple golden generations where we've spoken about these players are going to win us a world cup or these are the best players in the world and they haven't delivered and you know if you take someone like wayne rooney who was heralded as the second coming at you know 17 or 18 he probably never took that next step i mean incredible player great career but he plateaued at a certain moment in time and Phil Foden might plateau as well, because you're just he's 20 years old. Who knows? You, you, you can't just think, well, for the next six years, he's going to keep getting better. But certainly, I think the thing that saved Phil Foden is that a little bit like Southgate's relationship with the media and the way he's dealt with them has kind of stopped people from really building up the England players and England team a little bit. And also that Pep's management of the City team and of Foden has stopped people from going too crazy about him. I mean, if you remember, like Pep Guardiola said early on that he thought that Phil Foden was the most gifted young player he'd ever worked with. Which, coming from someone who's worked with Messi at a young age, it's a pretty huge compliment. But um he, you know, the fact that he gets their squad rotations and sometimes Phil Foden isn't playing, or sometimes he's on the left, or sometimes he's in the middle, or sometimes he's on the right, it kind of makes him feel like he's not quite established himself as the player yet. So but And then this, the second point from England's prospects, what on earth has happened to Raheem Sterling? He would have been a shoe in to start and maybe even potentially be the star man of an England team, what, six months ago? And now I find it difficult to imagine Sterling starting. Um, and not because he's, I mean, he's not scoring the goals he was scoring a year ago, but also he's just not playing enough to justify when you do have a number of
2: options as to who plays out wide to justify Mm. him making the first 11. So there's a lot of versatility with that up front for England, right? Probably Kane aside or, but what would you do if not starting Sterling then? Like how would you play that forward line for England?
1: So Foden has to be in. So Foden's playing one of those positions. I think Mason Mount has to be in. So that's probably Mason Mount in the middle and Foden out on the left, probably. So now you're just talking about who's going out on the right and then you have a host of candidates and like, will Sancho be fit enough by then? Will he have proven that he deserves that place? You don't know. You know, there's a number of players who, who could win that spot. Um, but certainly I don't think you can, and we'll have a deeper discussion about this, I guess in a couple of weeks, but I don't think you could say Sterling is guaranteed to be in the starting lineup for England in their opening match. And as I said, 12 months ago, that would have been a stunning. That would have been a hot
2: take. I'll put it that way. Yeah. It, he's kind of an awesome player, but surrounded by awesome players. And, and that's the problem is form's going to matter. Or you're going to go into more minutia than maybe, maybe you wouldn't do before. But I, I think it's a valid point about Sterling is that there's certainly a dip. Um, but then again, a dip might be unfair. It might just be the meteoric rise of people around him. Uh, that's kind of preventing that stardom. But, yeah, for yeah, sure. And he,
1: who knows he there. may be between now and the end of the season. He might score six or seven goals, and suddenly, of course, Raheem Sterling is starting. Yep. But he yeah. definitely feels Hat-trick like a final kind of thing. It definitely feels as if he needs to prove something between now and then to get that spot back, because otherwise, it yeah. might be a little bit up for grabs.
0: G- going back to the Phil Foden thing, um, do you think it's also because of? the league he's playing in versus like what Mbappe and Holland are playing in. Because, I mean, for instance, that was the first match in Mbappe's champions league career that he didn't have an attempted shot. So you have someone like Foden, who's in a league that's playing these higher caliber teams. So he's not getting the chance to spotlight on a seven, one win, you know, where he puts in three easy goals and has, you know, seven attempts or something like that. So I, I think that could also be, you know, he's, he's young and playing in a tougher league, so it's harder to get recognized a little. Yeah,
1: yeah. and he's also not the star man yet, whereas both Holland and Mbappe are, I mean, P- at PSG, it's either Neymar or Mbappe, however you want to break up which one. But I think it's very much Mbappe's team, and Dortmund is very much Holland's team, whereas City, I don't know. It's actually hard to, to determine. I guess it's De Bruyne. But it's kind of hard to say exactly who their star man is
2: right now because it kind of changes from match to match. Um, yeah. But I like think Gundogan, uh, Gundogan four months ago was that exact person, wasn't he? Yeah. But I think if I if I said who's the kind of leader on the, I think it would be Kevin De Bruyne. But
1: you know, it's it's not totally clear, and that hurts him. A, that hurts Foden a little bit because you don't you don't like when I think Dortmund, I think Holland. When I think PSG, I think Mbappe. When I think City, I think lots of good players yeah (laughs) it was great
2: it's it's true yeah i i you don't see any really weak link with them whereas previously there's always been something there's always been central defense that's let them down or even scoring up front has been sometimes a problem for them uh you just you just don't see any of that at the moment and also frank just to add to your point like the premier league just got um so it just became the number one league again uh for like the first time in like nine years i think in terms of the rankings of how they they look at multiple things but um the premier league just became the top league again and uh, the europa league tonight and the champions league no english team is out um you know so arsenal uh, well uh, well, <laughs> well one <laughs> might be out in the future <laughs> no, look, no one no one is out of it in the way that roma are is, let's, is my let's point. put it this way There's still one, contention
1: one english team is in the is in a final united are in Manchester the
2: final united Yeah, man, you're in the final. Now, Um, I I will just
1: give an insight because Sam and I were were talking live during those (laughs) matches. And when Manchester United were 2-1 down and Arsenal were 1-0 down, he said to me, which team would you rather be right now, United or Arsenal? And I said, undoubtedly United because I think they are very much the better team in that tie, whereas I'm not certain that Arsenal are that much better than Villarreal. And also, you know that A... United are comfortable coming from behind and B, they can score lots of goals. Sam was shocked by my answer. And oh, I wasn't was... shocked. Oh,
2: look at this fantastic hindsight he's got <laughs> I said it the hindsight. I said it at the time. It's the opposite of hindsight. Oh, I said these things it could have happened and they did happen. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. You wouldn't have been mentioning this if it went the other way. <laughs> it's kind I would of have what mentioned
1: I mean. the question because the question would have, even if United hadn't but, won 6 2, I would have still asked.
2: Going into the you're second fine. leg. But look, you're fine. Uh, look, my point is that, you know, Thank you, Man Sam. City have a step in, Man U are basically there pending some sort of cataclysmic collapse. Chelsea, 50 50. Arsenal, maybe slightly worse. Yeah. Um, but the point is that you're looking at potentially all English finals in both of them again. And it shows the dominance not only from a European front, but also from a league front. And I think that just amplifies the English players that are playing in the Premier League like Foden and um against Mbappe and Haaland. Um tell you what, that super league, you know, these will be the well, apart from Spurs, um, these will be the clubs that were in the super league, right? Manu Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City. Yeah. So it's has got missing Liverpool too, yeah. Yeah, missing Liverpool. Well you can't have six in a final, right? So No, yeah. <laughs>
1: but yeah, yes. <laughs>
2: um, um it's Look, let's not
1: get. Hey, let's not get too. Let's not get put the cart before the horse here on Arsenal coming back from behind to make the final, and let's also not overstate the significance of making the Europa League final. Um, it's a very, very important to Arsenal because they obviously need to win this to get back in the Champions League. But it's not. I now, uh, I guess we have to address a little bit the the Real Madrid Chelsea match, which finished one all. Chelsea were very much the better team. And there's, you can take two, there are two possible takeaways from that. Either Chelsea are the better team and they're in a great position going back with a one-all draw. Or you could say that they threw their best punch almost in the first leg, didn't come away with any sort of lead or advantage. And Real Madrid will come out of that thinking as if you're a boxer and you've just made it out of a really, really tough round. And you think, well,
2: if, if that's all like, he can give, I'm in a good spot here, yeah I I think so I, th- I think Real Madrid won't play that badly in the next leg, so really Chelsea have to kind of play as good if not better um I think they I think they lost their chance to kill the tie um and sometimes that can come back to bite you like I don't think I think I'm with you on this one like I don't think Real Madrid are as good as people say, but I don't think they'll play that bad. So it means that Chelsea have to step up again and it's kind of like what will they was that too much that they almost didn't have would they just be comparable in that game can i see real madrid scoring yes so i think chelsea might blow this like it's unfortunate because i'd rather just see english dominance in the finals but um yeah i think they might blow it unfortunately
0: eddie i think i think you Overstepped the um,
2: most important
0: aspect of that match. First American to ever score in the semifinals, the Champions oh League.
1: I, 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 got, I put it. That. Oh, I put it. I put it. I said I was speaking to a friend while the match was being played, and then I put it actually through our Twitter account, the Big Chill Podcast. If anyone's not following us, also follow us on YouTube. Like look for us on YouTube and Instagram. But I, um, I put it. Now we get to listen to Americans go on for the next two weeks about how amazing some of their players are and this golden generation, golden generation. and identifying, look, one of our players scored in a big game. We must be great at this sport.
0: Overlooking I mean, the I family. think it's the opposite. It makes me say like, Holy crap. That's the first ever American to score in a champions or a semi
1: or finals of a champions league. It is, I guess when you've on at first thought, it seems surprising, but then when I try and think of Americans who could have been the first beforehand, I, c- I can't think of, Anyway.
0: no i i agree but like when you compare it to like how many english players have scored how many germans how many austrians i mean like you could name two dozen countries you know yeah, that I couldn't name
1: i couldn't name that many austrians probably but i would have to cross my fingers and hope that david alaba had scored in, in a semi-final or final but apart from that it might become a little bit tough for me to think of an austrian but yeah um
0: and then you have Americans who think they have the golden generation of, of talent right now.
2: So, predictions. Okay, you don't sound so hot on Arsenal, but what about Man City? Man, you, let's be honest. Like they're not going to lose 4 0. United but, are through. Um, it would be. United are through. Yeah. What do you think of Villarreal? Uh, and what about the other one? Are you thinking Man City, Chelsea, Man City, Madrid, PSG? Look, I, th-
1: I think Arsenal will qualify. I just don't, maybe. I think you're speaking about it as if. They are in the better position, and I don't think that's true. But given the fact that they were 2-0 down and down to 10 men, the fact that they've come away from it losing 2-1, that alone will make them feel almost like they won that match. But I think going back home with an away goal against a team they should beat, I think it will very much, and I know it's so cliched and it's not that interesting, it's going to be one of those games where the first goal is going to matter so much. Because if they level things and then are away ahead on away goals, it forces Villarreal to come out a bit. If Villarreal get that away goal first, and then Arsenal had to play the remainder of the match, knowing that a second away goal kind of kills the tie, that's going
2: to be difficult for them. Yeah. So Champions League final? So you got Man Arsenal. Are you going to have All England for Champions League? I think so. I think so
1: nice i think city will feel very confident it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world to just have mbappe and neymar turn up and be really really good and then we have to listen to about how about how amazing psg are for a while but i would given the fact that city can just focus on this now you know everything else is out the window um i would be and psg don't have that luxury because as we discussed PSG are in a position where they need to win every league match. So this weekend they're going to play a tough league match, and everyone has to play. I, Mbappe is suspended, so he's forced into being rested. But, <laughs> but but like every other player, you know Neymar has to play, Di Maria has to play. Um, I think that puts City in a in a super strong position, and it's difficult to imagine. Because PSG are a counter-attacking side and beca- by nature, and because City control and dominate possession, it's hard to see a way back in for for PSG. Is it just me that's going to make my predictions, or is anyone else going to stick their neck on the line?s <laughs> Oh, I, I, I mean,
0: I'll, I'll bite and go all, all English on both, and I'll do, I'll say City over Chelsea and United over Arsenal. I, I, I agree. I think City. I think city win the next match i think minus one one and a half so okay. or for english minus one <laughs> i think they'll win i think they'll win
2: comfortably well local city derbies aren't uncommon in the super cup right you had atletico real a few years ago so i guess having the manchester derby wouldn't be that unheard of um for me I just unfortunately think that Real Madrid might do it, so I guess I'm thinking man City Real Madrid Arsenal uh, manu would be the finals
0: i can um, see I can see like a nil nil draw in that in that Chelsea match and Chelsea pass on on the way goals. I could easily see that happening
1: n- neither of those teams are super explosive and they do kind of like to play on the back foot. I think Chelsea yeah, it suits them right um and mm. and the Kante is the one who's come out of that leg with everyone talking about how incredible he is and how he covers every blade of grass 10 times over um wow now champions league reaction out of the way we can get onto the exciting idea we talked about a few weeks ago where the team letter draft is finally upon (laughs) us this is my moment where probably insert some exciting music to build the tension in the background and uh yeah. So the concept for those of, who did not listen to the episode, I guess it was probably around two or three weeks ago and we kind of got first flooded it out. But is that we are going to draft teams in a traditional snake draft style base and the we're going to go through the alphabet. We're starting with the letter A, but we won't necessarily follow alphabetical order. But so the team name, the, the major part of the team name has to start with A. So in the case of American professional teams, we're using the nickname. So the Atlanta Braves are a B, not an A. For college sports, we're using the college name. So Alabama are an A. And in Europe, we're using the kind of name of the location that identifies them more. So Manchester United are an M,
2: not a U. dominant way i may already have one wrong by the way which is fantastic but you know let's go for it let's see what happens (laughs) just with the nickname frank i can see you're talking a lot but you got
1: yourself on mute (laughs) you've been talking for a while
0: i've been talking to myself just preparing for this draft no i was going to say that it would anger me if sam fails to follow the rules given we went over them about
2: a dozen times you went over them a lot and yet somehow i think i've still not got one right but you know what we'll have a bit of fun
1: frank i know you you're not the biggest fan of this idea so with that in mind you get the first pick it was kind of it's basically my idea so i'll take the third pick now i'll offer frank if you would prefer the third pick for the wraparound you can switch to three because I guess there's an advantage to picking third and potentially to picking third and fourth over picking first and sixth so Frank I'll put it this way Frank you you pick your spot and then Sam you pick your spot
2: so wait 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 wait, wait. so
1: just to confirm the
2: idea would be what we pick first is considered our best it's up to you
1: maybe it's not your best but maybe you think that someone else is going to take it you have to play it strategically
2: if, you have to play a strategic If You, play, think, oh, you might think okay. you've got
1: the best pick that no one else will think of, then maybe you sit on it and wait for it for round three. But then you might be disappointed when it goes off the board.
0: So if I have first pick, I don't have the next pick until pick six, six four. But then I go oh, six, six, seven. Yeah. Then I'm done. Then you
1: go six. Then you wrap your final two picks would be consecutive. <sighs> this is tough. Got to decide how top heavy your A's are, basically.
0: I will. Okay,
2: I'll go first pick. All right, Sam. I'll give you the option second or third. So second would then pick fourth. Yeah, you pick and second. Would then
1: pick. You'll either sorry fifth. You'll pick second, fifth, fifth, and eighth. Eighth. Or you'll pick third, fourth, ninth.
2: So it's a long. That's a long drop off i think i'm gonna play safe and go second fifth eighth okay so for me it's a strong position for my first two
1: picks but my other ideas could be gone by pick number nine all right yeah
0: i i i'm worried because i've only got five on my list <laughs> all right first pick i'm going to i mean I'll, I'll play the american card and i'll go university of alabama football they are arguably the greatest college football team in terms of the 20th and 21st century. They were ranked the Associated Press best college football team of all time. ESPN's best college football team in the past 150 years. Uh, They've been second all time in rankings when you take everything into consideration. Uh, They're technically third for most national championships. However, They're behind Yale and Princeton, who won like every year from 1870 to 1900 before anyone else is really playing football. So when you talk about the modern era, there's no team that even comes close to the amount of national championships they've won. Uh, In terms of like draft picks, uh, so many famous and Hall of Fame players have come from Alabama. Uh, The coaching of Alabama is legendary, you know, Bear Bryant super legendary. So I think I have to take them number one, because they are the greatest team in their entire sport. And I don't know if there's another team that has that in any other sport that
1: we talk about. I think there's some fair logic behind that. I guess if I was trying to punch some holes in the Alabama first pick, it might be it's collegiate right so even though within their sport they are dominating it but there is a level above it that they're not competing at and then the big hole in alabama's argument i think is the inability to produce consistently produce nfl caliber quarterbacks which is like the defining position in football in the modern era and okay you've got joe namath Bart star but it's not the it's not the greatest list of uh of quarterbacks ever Sam uh you got some feedback or you want to move on to your
2: Um I mean Alabama had one of my favorite players ever in Madden when Trent Richardson <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it all. A, yeah, but I <laughs> have a devastating running game with Trent Richardson. But um, no, no, no. One thing, uh, University of Alabama is an interesting one because um, I remember when I first started getting into NFL, I, I found it crazy, like some of the stadia within the college game, like seeing them most at 100,000. But also what was really cool about it was they're all really old. So they're all in that classic like bowl, fashion and they kind of remind me of like what the new camp or the burn looks like in spain they're just really old-fashioned stadia which are really good for kind of atmosphere and stuff like that so alabama is a cool one and i i remember seeing what is it a brian denny stadium or whatever it's called Um, correct i remember seeing it and thinking like wow Wow. that's that's awesome wow sam sam just flexed on us a little bit by naming the alabama stadium so easily
0: yeah that's impressive
1: i don't
2: remember many other things today i've kind of sacrificed a lot for that i I don't want to help
1: frank's argument but i guess you could say if he wants to use this as a metric to judge their greatness almost certainly going to be the team with the biggest stadium that gets drafted in the a's like it's a nearly a hundred and two thousand seater stadium yeah and i can say certainly no team i'm going to pick has a stadium anywhere near that size so that's yeah, okay. that's
0: definitely one. I think the following is another thing. I mean, you have some of the craziest and, and most insane loyal fan bases out of the University of Alabama. You could argue that University of Alabama has a more loyal fan base than any NFL team does. I would almost put my money on that being the case. Yeah. and one of the fiercest rivalries and one of the more iconic rivalry games. And one of the more iconic slogans in Roll Tide. I mean, that's a huge slogan everyone uses roll
1: tide now Mm -hmm. downside if i think of the most iconic moment in their rivalry game it involves them losing that That might be yeah that might be the the kick return at the end like 103 yard (laughs) kick return to win the game on the missed field goal is the the image that comes to mind when i think of that game that might hurt them a little bit that when you think iconic rivalry it's them losing
0: yeah, and, and you actually, you both missed on the, probably the biggest downside, even more than the quarterback. That it's Alabama? Is they, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've only ever had, they've only ever had three Heisman winners.
1: Okay. And, that kind of ties a little and, and, bit into my argument, but yeah, criminal.
2: criminal. And,
0: and they're recent. So you have Mark Ingram, 2009, Derrick Henry, 2015, and then Devonta Smith. 2020 so you have only three heisman
1: winners and it's only been in the past
0: yeah 20 years yeah,
1: true 10 years you've hurt yourself thank you for making a very valid argument against your own pick yeah on that yeah. note <laughs> sam who is who's going Oof. i think we know okay. who sam's taking number two can i make a bet Nine. have we already discussed them at some point Wait, during this podcast no. oh but
0: Nine. oh I, see now can we make the argument that sam is as big a trader as they come by if he doesn't
1: yeah because he's gonna (laughs) hurt you you now have to sit through two picks where I might take them
2: oh I might be all gone here after a right so so who's so AC Milan
1: oh it wasn't one of mine I'm relieved
2: so AC Milan I actually read up fun facts they're originally a cricket and football club so it's called Milan cricket and football uh I then realized that the reason Inter Milan split, or Milan split, to become Inter and AC was because Inter disagreed with well, a, a bunch of AC, well, well, a bunch of Milan um, people in the club wanted to sign foreign players, and the AC policy was not to, or the Milan policy was not to, so Inter split. I thought that was interesting because where does that What's... mean you're taking? No, 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 no. I'm not racist. I'm just saying, no, no, are not racist. They're just xenophobic. Very different. Okay. (laughs) So, what I love about Milan, right? Except for the kind of heritage and the history of the San Siro and extremely famous club, like what they've won eighteen Serie A titles, they've won seven kind of iterations of the Champions League, European Cup. Um, they're just a really powerhouse team, and arguably, arguably one the maybe the most famous and some of the players that they've had, like the most famous what. You didn't finish that sentence. Club in Italy. Club in Italy. Arguably okay. the most famous club in Italy. I'd, I'd say, say no, pro- but... Probably in Europe, though. Um, oh, that's but you look at some of their players, you look at some of their players, like Van Basten, Maldini, Kaka, Pirlo, Inzaghi, Nesta, Gattuso, Hullet. Like, they have had some of the Costa Curta. I mean, they have had some of the best players. They had the best defense at one point. Inzaghi's never had more offsides in his life than anywhere else than at Milan. But for me, super proud old club, super old school stadium, really old club, incredible players, uh, super good pedigree. So I'm putting AC Milan as my first pick.
1: It's bold. It's bold for your first pick to be a team that you have to have a debate first whether or not they're the best team in their own city. That's that's, (laughs) it's a bold uh, first pick for you.
0: Yeah, I mean I, guess. I, I, I also had them on my list and they were have the fourth highest amount of FIFA and UEFA trophies out of any club in the world. So that's a pretty strong case. You know, fourth and then but I agree with Eddie. The downside is they're the second best team in their in their in their league, right? So they're tied right for now. second most wins. No, no, no right, all time. Right they're tied for second most wins all time for their for Syria. So they have 18 league titles. Juventus has 36, and they're tied with Inter at
2: 18. Yeah. So Milan has 36. <laughs> yeah, but you're not. You didn't pick. It's not <laughs> you M. <can't> do that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not M. You didn't pick. You didn't pick Milan. No, I picked Milan Cricket and Football Club okay. as it was formed. <laughs> okay. Well, I I think I'm going to surprise you
1: with my first pick. Uh I am I am going to take Ajax.
0: Fuck! Fuck you!
1: I got to say one of the iconic teams in European football. Uh, definitely the biggest team in their own country. They've won the Air Divisie 30 34 times, I think, from my research. Also, the real reason why I'm going to put Ajax in there is because of the Ajax Youth Academy. That's the thing that's going to propel them into being a strong pick. Because not only... Am I getting all of their past achievements? I'm kind of getting a guarantee that by having IX, I'm just going to churn out world class footballers in the future. And when you look at that list, you've got the likes of Cruyff, Reichard, Bergkamp, uh, Davids, Clivert. The list just goes on. And uh, many of them have helped AC Milan or Inter Milan to win things. So, you know, really, if, you, if either of the Milan teams are your picks, you can thank ix so for that reason ix is my my first pick but the third pick hell of a feeder club ix yep (laughs) damn it
0: that was that was gonna that was my main european football one for i had two well one is i mean they're the most dominant right in their in their division like no one even comes close so they crush their division their league but the other thing is i don't know if you saw According to the International Federation of Football History and Statistics, they were the Whoa. seventh best ranked team of all time to- of the 20th century. So you have Real Madrid, Juventus, Barcelona, Milan, uh, Bayern Munich, Inter, and then Ajax ahead of Liverpool, ahead of Man U. So,
1: and again, one of those impressive. teams, right, who their style of play, I know it was the Dutch team of the 1970s that popularized the concept of total football, but. You know that's come through the ix academy they're another one of those teams who their footprint on the way teams play around the world is
2: is huge yeah and the way they beat teams like vvv venlo is really impressive
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i thought you were going to compliment me but you took a swipe <laughs> oh, now my second pick fourth oh yeah straight pick. up yeah this is one that is going to be a little bit more challenging for you to take a swipe at, Sam. And that is a hint that I am going back to North America. Uh, my hat is also I hate you.
0: <laughs> You're taking you all my picks.
1: <laughs> because my fourth <laughs> pick, well, my second pick, the fourth pick overall, it's going to be the Oakland Athletics baseball team, also known as the Oakland A's. And the main argument, even though not the most successful team in terms of World Series wins or even appearances or playoff appearances, they... You know, the Moneyball era Oakland A's of the early 2000s revolutionized baseball in a way that few teams have ever revolutionized the sport. So, again, I'm going to take them for impact on the game itself, which far outweighs any, you know, winning trophies. And so <laughs> <laughs>
2: just Frank's face, Frank, have you got any picks left? <laughs> This, uh, and, he just is,
0: took, and he just took my second and my third <laughs> and my fourth pick.
2: And I've picked, so I picked, so you've got none left.
0: No, I've got, I've, I've got three still, but he, he took my number two and my number four.
1: After that, see, this is another argument. The listeners can tell us who won in a sense. I feel like I'm mm. beating Frank just by that own admission they can decide how Sam and I are doing against each other. But I think I, he's, he's, I'm just
0: more me. mad that oh. had I, if I had gone third,
1: who would you have taken Eddie? If I'd had my first pick? Yeah. I were going to be number one. Okay. The order then that I'm, I'm picking happy in, this is the argument that I'll have for why I also think I'm winning the draft. The order, my draft board is intact. Unlike Frank's, I feel like I've got... Well,
0: mine is kind of too, because my number one choice, I feel like I had to choose well, you, you number one the number because one that pick. was the best.
1: Yeah. And I think in, the difference between mind. one and two is so strong. So, so again, to finish my argument, the A is revolutionized baseball. And I think that impact has spread elsewhere, right? Like people talk all the time about a money ball style approach in other sports. Yeah. And how much it sucks. Um, the, the, now, that is the thing. Sabermetrics and statistics in sports have probably jumped the shark a little bit for me. So part of me hates the way, the fact that it's hard to be just a casual fan in sports now, because if your opinion is, I think Phil Foden's the best player in the world. Someone's going to come back at you with like, "Well, do you know how many uh, touches it takes before he makes his pass and what his pass completion rate is in in like the final 18 yards of the, you know, like What accent is that? I don't it, know. Are you a chipmunk? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but the whatever accent someone has when they've lived in their parent's basement for 43 years. But <laughs> the, Oh, American. Yeah. <laughs> but um the uh the that's the only there's a there is a downside to what they've done to sports also has to be said moneyball pretty good sports movie so there there, it it resulted in you know a piece of entertainment that even non-baseball fans can enjoy
2: okay
0: well i can argue against this one though it's easy one, yeah, you get Eddie's it. right. Advanced metrics okay. has ruined sports. That's a
2: bad sports. argument against.
1: <laughs> He's right just, because it's ruined no. sports. The thing Frank forgets is I edit this, so I'm just going to cut <laughs> after one. Eddie's <laughs> right. No one's going to hear anything else. <laughs> Two, they only
0: have nine World Series wins. They're third all-time. And that's including when they were the, whatever they were, Boston Athletics, or whatever the hell they were before Oakland,
1: Philadelphia, I believe.
0: Philadelphia, yeah. Yeah, you're comparing it to teams like the Yankees, who just blow them out of the water statistically in
2: every major category. Don't the Yankees blow everyone out of the water in baseball for like World Series wins and things like that? Yeah. So
1: the other now, argument here's, is here, here's now here, I've got uh, one question for you because you're saying. You're saying, oh, they haven't won many World Series. Frank, who won the World Series in twenty nineteen? <gasps> okay, Sam thinks he knows. Frank guess, is Frank's <laughs> for I just for, wanted to for people who aren't watching. It. Frank Frank doesn't look confident in what he's about to, what's about to come out of his mouth.
0: Are you saying last year? Was this
2: 2019. last year, twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen. Oh my God. I do remember. No, no, Dodgers. no. I do.
1: Cause a friend was there. No Dodgers won last year, 2020, but the oh, Washington, it was the nationals. Washington nationals won 2019. Yeah. But the, my point is last year, I, I said 2019 we're in 2021. <laughs> the, my point is that you you know, no one really remembers, you know, the time moves on and, and, and you forget who won the world series, but you don't forget a really good book written by Michael Lewis and a pretty good movie starring Brad Pitt.
0: You know what you don't they forget, Eddie? Pretty niche. <laughs> you don't forget names like Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, oh. Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris. Get, name me a few of those A's that, you know, just roll off the top of your tongue.
1: Ricky Henderson? One. Jose Canseco?
0: Ah, debatable that you'd call him an, oh, an A. On.
1: The Bash Brothers, you got to give the Bash Brothers like that. Debatable, the like the Bash <laughs> Brothers, iconic, iconic steroid users. The Bash Brothers, Ricky Henderson, one of the most amazing baseball stories of all time. When he, you know, the the check story, it's it's a great story. Oh well, like, yeah, so, cause cause, you know because
0: Babe Ruth doesn't have any great stories. Mickey Mantle, he doesn't have any good stories. For, for listeners
1: who aren't aware, the A's once, like at the end of the year, they were looking back on their accounts and they had an they had spent one million dollars less than they had forecast and they were trying to figure out where this gap in their accounts was and they thought it might be down to the fact that ricky henderson had earned a one million dollar bonus for i think it was breaking the all-time stolen base record i think that's what he got the bonus for and they went to him and asked him hey ricky we gave you this one million dollars and we don't think we don't think you've cashed it and he, they said, what did you do with the check? And he said, I, I've never earned a million dollars in, in one lump sum before. So I took the check and I framed it and I stuck it on my wall. And uh, they told him, <laughs> if you do that, then you don't get the money. And they, he could have told them and they would have given him a sort of n- another check that he could use to to frame, but that he they would write him a new check <laughs> and they could take it to the bank so they he actually got his million dollars.
2: Like a novelty check. Yeah.
1: Another reason why the A's see they're great guys or great people. Shouldn't Eh. I want to be? I don't want any gender bias there. But would every organization have gone to Ricky Henderson and said, "Hey, I think we owe you a million dollars"? I don't think so. The Yankees wouldn't have done it.
0: Oh, the Yankees would have given it to him in cash, so he wouldn't have to frame a check. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why it's a world-class organization.
1: All right, Sam, your picks up. Just take another one Arsenal. off
2: Frank's draft board right now. Well, this was probably one there, but Arsenal. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick in for Arsenal. And <laughs> weren't even on my board. Like slam okay. Sam's sloppy seconds, his own claw. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, granted there were there were really good players that played for Arsenal before my time. So, you know, Pat Jennings, Charlie George, David O'Leary, people like that. Really, for me, Arsenal since I was born in 87 have been a pretty good story. They've been a pretty interesting story. So even like 1989, when they went to Anfield and had to win by two goals and did like on the final day, that's an incredible story to do winning division one, to win division one or the, you know, the equivalent of the, the highest tier at the the time, the 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 old
1: first division. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then seeing them in like 97, 98, win the first title under Wenger after a couple of years there was fantastic. And also just seeing how awesome that back line was for Arsenal only conceding, I think it was 15 goals in that Premier League season, maybe 17 with the back line of like Nigel Winterburn, Lee Dixon, Steve Bold, Tony Adams, David Seaman. So just even there, such a good team, then extending it to the Invincibles 2003, 2004, something that hasn't been replicated since they went a season unbeaten um really good players Patrick Vieira Dennis Bergkamp Thierry Henry uh, it was just such a good team Mark Overmars they just had talent everywhere even sub bench upwards everything and it was such a memorable thing to do over 38 games as well um and even then leading on to going 49 unbeaten before getting beaten by Man U um but yeah beating Nottingham Forest record it was impressive and I just think Arsenal have like, they haven't set themselves up because it's got a bit downhill over the past, like seven, eight years. I think the one thing that really let them down was they had that moment against Barcelona in the champions league to take the champions league. And I think that's something that kind of makes that late nineties, early noughties arsenal team go from being truly special is just that lack of European
0: victories saying noughties.
2: the zeros okay all right the zeros so you can yeah, say the two thousands okay the 2000s. I feel like we debate
1: the... this more than we debate anything
2: yeah we do it's strange um so for me that's why Arsenal are now just an incredible set of players um that weren't necessarily big names when they came but left as big names uh some pretty memorable nights uh in terms of like league wins and where they won the leagues and european nights, but the only blot would be that they didn't win a european trophy with it
1: that and i mean it's a good pick and you made some good arguments for there i mean i do think uh, in the last 30 years yes one of the big biggest clubs in english football their history before that not great but yeah. you, you framed it pretty well maybe not a popular pick with our jewish listeners that might be one of their other weak spots <laughs> but, but uh but, but yeah it's it's fair they had to be in the nine i'll say this i don't know whether fifth is maybe a little too
2: soon but they had to be picked in the in the, in the top nine well it might be because i haven't got any more picks because they've been taken <laughs> might be well, you're gonna have to get creative you've got uh, two i've got a, a i've got an ace in the world so let's you've Got see. two ace frank novel. picks To all right frank I look forward to this lack of frantic googling. Sorry, the frantic googling and lack of picks. <laughs> your your draft board's been destroyed, but who who are your two remaining picks?
0: My draft board has been destroyed, but I had little ace up the sleeve for my actual third pick, which has now moved into my second pick. So they were slotted pretty high for me. And do you want to take a guess? It-
1: is this an American sports team? No. Not an American sports team. Beginning with A. It's a tough letter. Oh. I If it is, it's actually going to be taking one. I can't say it because...
0: Okay, I'll say it. It's not an American sports team. It's a Canadian okay, sports team. Okay, then no, team. it isn't. And it okay. is the Toronto Argonauts. Of the canadian football league the cfl three main this, reasons this
1: is a pick i did not see coming
0: right
2: <laughs> that there's going thank, to be no response to either
1: <laughs> thank
0: you living in toronto three facts that put them high up there for me one the team was founded in 1873 they're the oldest existing professional sports team in all of north america to still be using its original name. They've never changed their name in any way, shape or form since 1873. That is very, very impressive as a fact. Two, they've won the Grey Cup the most times. So the Grey Cup is the championship for CFL 17 times out of 23 appearances. So they have three more wins than the next team. And their average in winning is almost 700, 750. So if they make it to the finals, they almost win. That's a great win percentage for making it to the championship. Number three, can you name a player who came out of the CFL? Came
1: out of the CFL or just... Most famous played? one. Oh, um, shoot. The quarterback. No. Uh, with <laughs> a the little iconic, guy. With the iconic Hail Marys. Uh, Doug fucking Flutie. Flutie. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Besides so Doug Footy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was a Toronto Argonaut, won the MVP six times, won three Grey Cups, and is the most famous CFL player and was an Argonaut. So not only do they have, they won the most in their league, they're the oldest team ever in all of North America, and they have the biggest player to ever come out of their sport.
1: I got to say, I think that's a pretty strong pick. I think thank you. I think uh it's pretty strong. I'm not gonna lie. And pairing that with Alabama, your third pick is probably gonna decide how, you know, powerful your overall team is, but I think that's pretty good. I don't have anything that I can knock the Argonauts with. You said the name. I guess they're credit to them for picking a name that aged well, not being like Washington. Uh I suppose we just from for Sam and for me to to take that argument away from you, we just had to hope that a bunch of Greek people listen to this and get really upset and start petitioning the CFL to have Toronto change their name. But yeah. unless unless that happens, or a like, load of
2: people, or a load of people called Jason petition to keep it there. True. <laughs> but um, yeah, no strong
1: pick, strong pick. How are you going How are you gonna round it off? You're up on the block again. I've got
0: nothing left here. Everything is crossed off my board. I'll go with Atletico Madrid because that's literally the only other one I really had even penciled down um their third most successful club in Spanish football, which when you look at the other two you, you know puts them in a pretty strong company um They've won La liga ten times um other than that they're a little lacking you know i they don't have the Champions League win. They have what a runner up, I think. I think they've made it to the finals once, maybe, for Champions League, so it's tough, but I mean I think they're third best in a very strong
1: European football league. So Yeah, I mean they're kind of the ugly stepsister of Madrid, but Yeah. But that's It's not, you didn't, you didn't round your draft off in style and you probably didn't help yourself by saying, I've got nothing before making the pick. That's not, I mean, I, I have, you know, like I
0: had other ones, but nothing that I had slotted into like what were my top five. You know, these are all notable mentions. I mean, you can go to baseball, but the rest that are in baseball are pretty shitty.
2: So. Well, you've done better than me because I'm truly fucked right now because I've got- <laughs> One back. of my favorite picks still got it in the chamber. I haven't fired that bullet yet. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I had one down comically because it will have no other reference outside of Britain. And it's not because they're good. Is it it's actually No. Okay. It's not what? The Welsh team? Yeah, does. I, I
1: contemplated it. I contemplated it, but-
2: Was it- Is it Aberdeen? No. Also considered <laughs> okay. them. No, but so the actual reason I picked them is not to do with success. It's to do with notoriety and that's Accrington Stanley. Oh, so in the 1980s, uh, the milk board of Britain, <laughs> apparently milk's so important they needed a government board, uh, released like an advert where, um, these two Scouse kids, um, Am I going to do the accent? Yeah, I'll try. So these two Scouts kids are basically saying that Ian rush. So obviously a very famous player for Liverpool says that if you don't drink your milk, you won't grow up to be big and strong. And then they say, um, otherwise you'll end up playing for Accrington Stanley. And obviously the kid very famously says like Accrington Stanley, who are they? And the kid goes exactly. And that became like a very famous thing in this country for, because initially they were going to pick Spurs. But Spurs objected, so the idea was they picked Accrington Stanley because they were non-league, very obscure. About a twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, they actually got promoted into the Football League. So there was a very, very big fanfare around it. Like um, the Sky Sports cameras were there for their opening game. They they even invited the two kids from that to the stadium. I think Ian Rush maybe was even invited. So even though. They're a non-league club they're very basic the the saying of like Accrington stanley who are they is a very very famous thing for kind of those small clubs who are nothing who are nowhere that people kind of picked up in the uk and so they were my pick for an a not bad i i, I
1: will because i think frank will be unfamiliar with all the story i'll say everything sam just said it was true and they kind of are the most famous unsuccessful <laughs> club in the British footballing pyramid, and by unsuccessful, I just mean of never having been at the top and won things. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting pick.
0: I like that you confirmed Sam's story because what would have been better is if that story was
2: complete. Yeah, and he up. just came out yeah. and he was like, "Sam, I better take everything you've just said because it's a shit." <laughs> oh, I
1: would leave it in if it were utter shit. Now, yeah. my my final pick, which is going to surprise you a little bit, but and I thought when you started saying. It was in England, and it was a football club, and it was in Aberdeen. I thought, he's going to make his way to who I want as my final pick. And that is Aston And it also worried me with Frank. Aston Villa. Aston Villa. I thought your love of, of Jack Grealish, Grealish. was going to make you make the pick as well. Because how could you not Villa. take the team with the best calves in the world already that they've got that going for them? <laughs> hair. <laughs> also great hair, but it's the calves that really do it. But it's best, best. Uh, you know, we are talking about founder member of the Football League, founder member of the Premier League, so one of only three clubs to have been, to be in both of those sort of founding groups. And, you know, one of the iconic rivalries in English football in their rivalry with Birmingham. That rivalry brings up, in my mind, two of the most comical memories in English football of all time. One with the the throw-in leading to the goal against, um can't even remember who the keeper was, which is a little bit disappointing. Uh, oh, it's frustrating. I can see him. And, um, and the second one is the David Dunn attempted Rabona. You know, one of the more successful clubs in the history of English football, won the first division several times. They've won one of few English clubs who have won uh, the in, uh, a European Cup or European Cup. And by that I mean Champions League. Uh, they've won the European Super Cup, won the FA Cup seven, seven times, won the League Cup five times, won the uh, fir- the first division in previous iterations seven times. So very old, you know. When we talk about it, one hundred and forty six years old. Trendsetters in terms of founding professional a starting off by founding professional football in the first place and then b by taking professional football to the next level in terms of money involved in, in the premier league and just consistently been been relevant for you know nearly 150 years which there aren't a lot of sports teams out there who have who have managed to do that
2: and they have direct Grealish. Yeah. And, <laughs> I love, definitely definitely a club that would be kind of more famous for the other side of like the Arsenal thing that I was on about definitely kind of like an old and famous club like Villa Park as well. One of the more famous stadiums, one of the more like the old fashioned stadium seen arguably the greatest goal in FA Cup history. The Ryan Giggs one scored against Arsenal as well. That uh, Villa Park used to host the one of the semifinals, right? With Wembley. So, um, definitely remember that one. Um, who was the famous was it Ellis, Jack Ellis, that used to own them as the, well? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, the ex-owner who claimed to have invented the bicycle kick. That's one of his claims <laughs> to fame. He said he invented the bicycle kick.
2: <laughs> you could so. imagine him drunk in the box, just be like, yeah, I showed them
1: how to do this. Just a smashing <laughs> Thank tables. you for reminding me, Sam, because that's another reason why Aston Villa should be up there. Um, Peter Enkelman was the name of the goalkeeper. Yes, who actually went on to play for Blackburn Rovers. So the fact that I couldn't think of his
2: name was how the mighty have fallen. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's not bad. Um, I think Birmingham is sometimes one of the more underplayed cities of footballing rivalries versus Manchester, Liverpool, and uh, London. So Birmingham definitely has its good games, Uh, kind of West Brom, Birmingham, Villa um, are all pretty good games when they're played, especially pretty fierce when fans are involved. So, yeah don't take it away they've had some pretty good players as well throughout the time throughout the years yeah I mean Birmingham great city of culture
1: right most canals of any city in Europe not Venice filled with all those (laughs) syringes and (laughs) used needles not Venice it's (laughs) Birmingham so there you go um yeah well, I All think right. that, that wraps up the drafts. So I guess uh, listeners can give us feedback either on Instagram with the Big Chill Podcast or if this video, is if you're watching this on YouTube, you can use the comment section. You can suggest teams that you think we missed out. And uh, and obviously on Twitter too, search for the Big Chill Podcast and you can let us know which one of us you think won the draft. On that note, any other any other topics that need to be covered?
0: Yeah, actually I have one more thing that happened yesterday that will mark down the road the first time that this has happened since 2010 it's the fifth longest streak in this league that has now been broken when a team clinched a playoff berth yesterday do you know what team that is Sam no <laughs> depressing because you're a major fan of the Phoenix I know Suns. I'm gonna say
2: <laughs> who have I clinched honestly a playoff birth since the first time what? since 2010 See, there was just this weird part of me. Until you said birth, I was kind of thinking of like UK side of things. I was thinking like, is there a football team that's qualified or something like that? It wasn't the playoffs that made you, I guess you could have. Yeah, it it was like clinched a playoff spot, you would say, I guess. But when you said birth, immediately I started panicking like I do. Uh, (laughs) But no, I did read though. I did weirdly enough read this morning that the Suns had uh, picked up a playoff spot. So, of course
1: you read you know. it this morning, but forgot it by this evening when we were recording. But For, forgot it by this evening. Yeah. <laughs> Meth is a
0: hell Since, of a drug. Yeah. Since Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, last time they were in there. So it's a, it's a good day to be in Arizona. Unfortunately, that does not get you free Dunkin' Donuts coffee, but <laughs> maybe if they win the
2: championship, you get it. Keep following the squid. That's all I got to say. In sports, you don't know about yeah. <laughs> in elite sports, professional sports, as opposed to anything, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, other than that, I think it's a pretty good weekend of racing we get to look forward to watching. So we'll have some feedback on that once, once those races are this weekend: Kentucky Derby, two thousand, one thousand guineas. So,
1: yeah. And if you're listening to this and you are interested in our horse racing coverage we will have a separate video on our YouTube channel where we do do a little preview for the 1000 and 2000 guineas. So you can seek that out. Uh, You should, you may have listened to this in time for at least some of those previews. Um, So yeah, go ahead and search for our YouTube channel and you'll, you'll find the video there. Oh, I don't have
0: anything else. You guys got anything else? No. I know. No. We'll it out. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of sports for a sports podcast. (laughs) Yeah, weird, right? (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you boys later. See ya. Cheerio.